0: There seems to be some kind of disturbance. I'm going to go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment. Who are you, people? I want a coffee! You, you, you are now tuned in. too 4, three, two, one.
1: Where love and life come together. Come together. From the Spacebird Media Studios. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited.
2: Hey, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Welcome back. Another great Friday. Getting to hang out with you, of course, brought to you by our friends at MyBrothersCup.com and Birmingham Mortgage Group. How are you?
1: I am doing absolutely great. How are you, my friend?
2: Hey, I'm another year older. Do I I look either wiser or grayer? Just a little bit.
1: No one would guess your age in a trillion years. I think you. you look fantastic. I think the happiness in your life. I think your beautiful wife, Tawny has Mm -hmm. a good deal to do with that. I think it just shines on your face.
2: Well, thank you. It was a great birthday. It was uh, in the middle of the week, so it was one of those where it kind of was a nice breakup of like all the work and hustle and bustle with taking the kids to rehearsals and stuff. Woke up with a kitchen table full of gifts and goodies, uh, which uh, for those that know me know my love of superheroes, so I got Batman seat covers (gasps) for my chevy cruz and so now like the car kind of feels like it's the batmobile because <laughs> yeah. i have I have one of those start button i don't know if your car does this where you have the start button rather than a key and so i got a key cover that like has the bat emblem and you have to turn it <laughs> in order to be. <laughs> i was like i could not be any more geeked out right now about these gifts and so it's it is what it is but yeah it was a great birthday so thank you and thank you for your gift as well it was nice when The little birdie dropped it off in my (laughs) mailbox. So I was just trying to think, I got to beat the mailwoman so she doesn't think the gift card's for her.
1: (laughs) Happy birthday, sweetie. I love you so much. Of course, you know, you and I are close and we stay in touch on things that matter. And so when Dr. Charles Stanley, First Baptist Atlanta, who's written some of my favorite books of all times, passed away, You were the first to tell me, and it reminded me, you were the one to tell me my own mother died. Remember that morning? Oh,
2: yeah, I do.
1: And then I'm sure it wasn't pleasant you telling me about Dr. Stanley dying because this is a big fan. Yeah. And my faith just has drastically been enriched by this man. And in doing a lot of reading about his life, he was flawed. You know, he went Mm -hmm. through a divorce, and for a while they tried to oust him. This is back when you didn't have a Baptist preacher divorcing. Right. So that was very difficult. His son, Andy, whoo, did they clash? They as adults had to do counseling together to work through some of their issues because Dr. Stanley was abused as a little boy. And he said that would come out in some of his behaviors toward others. And you know what was so great is people told Dr. Stanley, now when you preach on adversity— I know it's real because you've been through it.
2: Yeah. Well, and some of the comments from Andy after the fact, because he was with his dad in those final days and he goes, you know, to, to have my dad, he was like, Hey, can you pray for me? And he goes to pray for my dad in his last moments. And then he prayed for me with some of his final breaths. He goes, it was a very beautiful moment for both of us. So, you know, to know that backstory of what they've been through they really truly had that full circle closure there at the end. And uh, his teachings, you know, will go on, you know, legendary. So his books will live on in our hearts and podcasts and, you know, sermons. But I know his son's legacy and keeping the Stanley name. Cause I love, I mean, Andy's his own leader. Like he has his own thumbprint. That's very different from his dad, but similar, but just the way he presents leadership is just amazing. So um, it's a big loss, but you know he's in heaven, so we know we'll see him again, and he's celebrating, so he's like, "You guys will be fine,"
1: and he can go on any Alaskan cruise and take all the photographs he wants because that's how he enjoyed spending his time. Other things, breaking news from this week: there are five arrests now in that horrible Dayville, Alabama, mass shooting; four dead. The girl's birthday party, the 16-year-old girl, says her brother died protecting her. Mm. You can't even have a birthday party in a sleepy Alabama town and not be. The reason so many were injured is because the gunfire was coming from multiple directions and people did not know how to take cover.
2: Yeah. Well, and I even saw this morning, I think it was where there was a family that was shot in their own driveway because the neighbor pulled a gun out after their basketball rolled into his yard. Yeah, And I was like, what have we turned into that? Something like you pick up the ball, you try to make a basket yourself from across the street and you go on with your life. You don't go inside and get your gun. That's I just can't even fathom the kind of whatever that's going on in that man's life that that's his go-to in that moment.
1: Well, the fear we have now, you know, this enormous dog was doing what dogs do in the middle of my very tiny yard. Mm -hmm. And I'm picky about my yard. And I was going out to get a package, and the woman was mortified. (laughs) She thought I was going to come out screaming and yelling at her. And I just (laughs) (laughs) laughed. You know, life's too short. Right. right, yep. And what did you say? it's just poop. It's just poop. <laughs> it's
2: just poop. let's move on. I mean, now i I would be like, because, like, I've sat in my chair with the blinds open and watched dogs do their business, but I've also watched my neighbors scoop it, and they go on, right? So it's that patch is a little greener than the rest of my yard. But, you know, just one of those things. But we just need to relax and give our cares to God so we're not so uptight all the time.
1: Other breaking news, legal marijuana sales in the United States in 2022. You just won't believe this. Right. In 2022, we're $30 billion. Marijuana is legal in 20 of our states. Guess what it surpassed? this sale of chocolate coming in at 18 billion so i have to get your opinion
2: on well that. i mean for those that have been high any time in their life usually it leads to chocolate so the two kind of go together you know well i will say this cuz also in addition to that i believe it was the president and i think even you know you and i broadcast out of alabama so even our own city mayor for birmingham gave pardons to people who had some kind of cannabis sales in their life on their record that was keeping them from a job or, you know, residency or something. And there, there is that shift that's going on that, I mean, if that's what you want to do and that's what you want to sell, I'm not, it's not any different than anything else. That's something that you can just choose not to be engaged into that kind of lifestyle you have to know your limits, you have to know your boundaries, you have to listen to God when he goes, don't do that, you know. But I don't know. I, I, Speaking from someone who knows the health benefits of people who are using cannabis for medical reasons, and I've watched them like drastically overnight go from dealing with moments of fibromyalgia to the next day actually being able to walk to the mailbox, you know, when, when they couldn't even get out of bed from something that was simply there to help them after years having to do it underground, you know, so I, I, I have the total opposite opinion of probably what most people would want me to have.
1: No, I think you'd probably be in the majority on that, but surpassing chocolate, I have to have a little bit of chocolate every day. The McDonald's is updating its burgers. The buns are going to be softer and the cheese is going to be gooier. I just don't want them messing with the cheeseburger too much.
2: Well, you know, they're going to provide now the uh, Big Mac sauce is now going to be a dipping. So you can get it on the side now. So you can use it for your fries or extra on the Big Mac. So that within itself is revolutionary. So make whatever changes you want.
1: And one more thing breaking news wise, the FBI says never use a public phone charger. You know, one of those stations... To Ooh. charge your phone, why malicious software is going on people's phones. As a result, I didn't know it was possible, but they mm. say, don't do it. And I want to save somebody the pain by passing that along. Cause I've used yeah. those.
2: See, and I, I'm always that guy that, you know, has like three or four chargers with him. Cause I'm always taking laptop, iPad, something. So I've never used one of the public ones, but when you say it, it totally makes sense. Given the way that how quickly that spamware and stuff can get on our devices, I totally see that happening.
1: You need to avoid shysters. One way you can do that is with Birmingham Mortgage Group. You know, everybody's out to make a buck, but mm. but but I'm gonna tell you about Taran Newell. You want to talk about a heart of gold. You yeah. wanna talk about somebody who'll pray with you, you wanna talk about somebody who puts God first, you wanna talk about somebody who's Maybe he was more thrilled than Wayne and I when we got into our house. I've never seen anybody so gleeful, you know, because we had a complicated situation. A lot of people do. And Turen has the ability, you know, they're they're their own broker. He's just a mortgage genius and he's going to make it happen for you. We're still buying houses, folks. We're still selling houses. We still need mortgages.
2: Well, and we talk about what's trending. I mean, this week they're talking about how much the market is changing for those trying to sell their homes. And when the price has to drop, what does that mean for you and all of that stuff? And Teren can kind of take all that red tape and go Here's here's how you do it. Here's how we're going to take care of you. So if you're looking to refi, if you're looking to get into that dream home or your first home, you want to set that up today, go to behammortgage.com, or you can call them at 205-259-1656. That's 205-259-1656. Birmingham Mortgage Group, tell them you heard about it on Roxanne and Ace Unlimited.
1: So Trish Harrison Warren writes for the New York Times. She's Episcopalian and brilliant, and I like to read her articles. And she featured Jonathan Rumi, the star of The Chosen. He was Mm -hmm. also in Jesus Revolution. If you have not seen Jesus Revolution, you must go see it. She deliberately asked for the assignment of interviewing Jonathan because she does not like Christian entertainment at all. Yeah. But she watched The Chosen, and that changed. And I bring it up because I think we should. 108 million people have watched The Chosen. This scene with with Simon outside the boat and Jesus, my mouth opened and wailing (laughs) came out. It was just so good. It was so good. And it gets criticism because it kind of fills in stuff. You know, yeah. little scriptures where we only get, you know, a sentence of what happened. It fills in things, and people don't like that because they want it to be absolutely legit scripture. So she asked Jonathan about the pressure of playing Jesus, and you won't believe what happened to him. He's out of—oh, this just gets me. He's out of venue. A mother comes with her son who has cerebral palsy, Okay. She goes to the gate and says, I must speak to Jonathan. He plays Jesus. I want him to pray for my son. He gets around there, and she said, I want you to pray for my son to be healed right now. And he had to say, ma'am, I love the Lord. It's a great privilege to play Jesus, but I don't believe I've been endowed with a healing power. Mm-hmm. Christ can. Yeah. I don't want to pray with any doubt but I also really don't want you leaving devastated.
2: Sure. Well, and, you know, we've talked with actors and people in the film industry, and we hear about, you know, how an actor's process to get into the headspace of a character. Sometimes it takes them a while to decompress after they've played that character, depending upon how emotional it is. And to hear him kind of talk about that same process as Jesus, it didn't really dawn on me you know, because you just see an actor playing a part. He reads his lines. He understands where the story's going. And, you know, there you go. But really the headspace you must have to be in to walk on the set, the amount of prayer that he has to be in to say, okay, I'm not just, you know, being a Christian, we're supposed to be Christ-like. He's playing Christ. I mean, the headspace, <laughs> I, I, it was exhausting to even think about what he must do to prepare for that role.
1: He's Roman Catholic, and he says it has really helped his faith. He feels like God has—I just feel like God allowed him to play the role. I think he's such a Mm. natural—I think he's—the kindness that you really want to be on Jesus' face is on his face when he has no dialogue in The Chosen. And it's changed this critic— who does not like any christian entertainment it's changed yeah. her because her family has just chewed up that whole chosen it's just well, amazing
2: and and i love it too because this generation and even if you go back as probably as far as passion of the christ there is now a visual and a actor slash a face of jesus that when you think and you and you read the stories of the bible you now can put those faces to those stories that make them even more livable in your own life. So, you know, when I was a kid, we had the standard Jesus picture, you know, on the wall, at the, you know, in the hallway, uh, which is all we had then, but you had to go to church to be able to see any kind of, you know, movie or TV show or something that was created to tell you a story that, you know, came to life. But now to have access to it and can stream it on all our devices And then immediately, when you like, when I think Jesus, I think Jim Caviezel. You know, when I think of that face. So when Easter comes around every year, it's the images from that movie that are penetrated every time those scriptures are read, and the stripes. Like you, you know what that looked like because you now have that visual. So I love that it's been as popular as it has. Well,
1: and you got to hang out with him, which was Mm -hmm. rather life changing because. You said he was so humble.
2: He was very cool. And he was with Stephen Curtis Chapman at the same time. So <laughs> he's, you know, another moment that, uh, was, you know, Stephen's like, Hey, this is Ace. And he's like, Oh, Hey, how are you? You know? So yeah, it was, it was the real deal for sure.
1: The Finnish secret to happiness. You know, I wanted to know because six years in a row, this Nordic nation, you know, I'm Norwegian mm-hmm. has been voted number one for happiness. So they went in and just asked Finns. What's it all about? You know, how are you the happiest? And they say that they're in nature a lot. They enjoy sports and music. They live at a slower pace than in America. I think it's super important. I'm reading a book on margins. Yeah, We are so hurried and so anxious and so stressed out. We leave no room for margins. And this is one of the many things I learned from my fabulous radio now podcast partner (laughs) is you told me very early on, I leave myself margins in my life in every Mm -hmm. area. And maybe I've never told you. Thank you. Because I thought, am I driving up 30 seconds before something happens? Am I so stressed because I can't say no to anything. Mm -hmm. And I went through a period where I was preaching and traveling every weekend and and working full time and being a mom and cooking and cleaning and laundry and all the things that go into being I am woman, hear me roar. Right. And at the end of that six weeks, I was like, oh, wow, I'm so tired, I can't see straight. So the Finns know how to relax. They know how to sleep. They know how to enjoy nature. They know how to talk to God. And I'm not saying every single one. And here's the difference. They're teenagers. This is so fascinating to me are raised to be to be content Mm -hmm. and now maybe guilty is charged i mean my eight-year-old had a mac okay i did take her to outreach and she saw people who did not have anything right but they are raised and this is where i sound old because i feel like we ought to go out in the yard and play with something not electronic
2: for five minutes yeah no I'm 100% on that because I remind the kids when they're like, where's my phone? I go, whose phone? Where's the phone you let me have to use, sir? You know, it's like Because I want them to know that you have the amenities that you have because God has blessed us enough to be able to gift them to you. And if you treat them well and you do the things like clean your room and whatnot, then you get to use and keep those items. But if grades slip, if, you know, you say or do something disrespectful, first thing that goes is those extras. And so I love teaching kids the mindset of what you had is enough. Because when I think about my childhood, I always never went without, you know, and never thought, you know, I, I thought having Gino's pizza on a Friday night, we were like. Highfalutin! <laughs> Little did I know it was like fifty nine cents, you know, and <laughs> it's either that or ramen. but again, you you it's it's in the frame of mind. It's in the heart set of we're we're blessed and we're taken care of in an abundance, so we have nothing to worry about. We have you know, nothing to fear. and so i i I don't know. maybe we just all need to spend summer in Finland, come back changed
0: well,
1: and a story about a missionary who her husband was taken to a jail and she had to move her family onto a patio to live and when it rained, they had to go into a stairwell. And what was her letter to supporters in the U.S. all about? I'll get wound up. My God is faithful. He provides for me. When it rains, I have shelter. And it's very convicting, the things yeah. we worry about that we do not have. Yeah,
2: no, it's true. Well, and that's why I love like our partnership with My Brother's Cup, to know that with every cup that you drink, you are helping to make a difference. You're helping to spread the gospel to places that they wouldn't otherwise hear about it. And it's just a great partnership that we get to. And the Roxanne Blend is the best smelling coffee ever to exist, yeah. if I'm being truthful. As a coffee snob, I can say that.
1: Well, and when they went to Burma and one child after another was being saved and then entire families, and they showed all the video of it, and it was my brother's cup missionaries there extending the love of God and the gospel and how many came to know him. Again, I boohooed through the whole thing and And Mike Pittman, the owner, said, you know what? You're going to have a coffee. It's going to have your name on it. So I'm super excited about it. And it's really yummy. And it benefits them. So mybrotherscup.com if you'll go there.
2: Well, Roxanne and Ace Unlimited, excited to be with you this week as we always love to have people on the show that are smarter than us, especially when we start (laughs) talking about God's word. And so this week's guest allows us to dig a little deeper into our understanding of end times.
1: How exciting is it for us to have the host of Bible Prophecy on Trial, on TBN, the maker of the Left Behind movies, isn't that super neat, a prolific author and a gentleman totally committed. To sharing Bible prophecy and letting us know that we are we are in the end times. How fascinating is that? We need three hours. We have a limited time, but we're so <laughs> excited to
0: welcome to the show Peter Lalonde. How are you? I'm outstanding. Greetings from Canada. Nice to see you guys.
2: <laughs> Glad you're with us, eh? Eh. <laughs> get get that out of the way early, then we're good. We got the one A in there. So, Peter, I have to ask, because I feel like like, I'm celebrating over 40 years in my faith, and I feel like from day one, I've heard, Oh, the end times are near. Jesus is coming any day. Okay, I just turned 51 and I ain't seen him knock on my door yet. So, what, what is when we say we're in the end times, what, what are we really needing to embrace in that mindset?
0: Well, the first thing I'd say is don't lose heart. The apostles thought they were living in the last days too, so they're 2,000 years behind. Um, it is a very specific set of signs that were given to the end times and I will tell you that when I did uh, co-host this week in Bible prophecy with my brother Paul on TBN back in the late 90s um, as I reflect on it now I would say to put it in the Canadian vernacular I didn't know squat And <laughs> <laughs> the reason is We saw, you know, darkly through a glass, as the Apostle Paul said at the time, it wasn't happening yet in the big way that it is now. But now the seals that the Scriptures speak of, particularly Daniel, the prophet Daniel, are being unsealed, and we see things now that we couldn't see, simply because back then, they didn't exist yet. And uh, I'll, I'll just make mention of the prophecy of knowledge being increased in the last days. I think we've mostly heard that one. Um, but then it follows up and it says, go thy way, Daniel, about this knowledge being increased. it won't. It's sealed. This prophecy is hidden until the very last days. Nobody will be able to understand it. And no one, including me in the 1990s, did. But what I've come to learn is I don't think it was our knowledge that Daniel was speaking of, or actually, you know, he was prophesying. It was not him speaking. Um, and i i you know uh, we used to think back in the 90s again we'd say oh yeah knowledge is increasing we went, went from the wright brothers to the space shuttle i mean look at the knowledge increase but as i went back and studied it and i looked at the hebrew and i'm quite well versed in hebrew i know two words and um it's <laughs> two I, more than us so you <laughs> good i have a concordance and i have a lexicon and so i'm able to go in and dig these things out and the word that Daniel used for knowledge was not the traditional word, which is yada, used almost a thousand times in the Old Testament. It was a word called doth, or as we, if you would just say it as if it was an English word, it's hadat. And if you go back and you look at the usage of that word, it's only used seven times. And its origin is the tree of knowledge. So it's the tree of knowledge that shall be increased in the end times. And he's speaking specifically, Daniel, this is sealed up till the end of time. Nobody will understand it until that time. And by the way, here's a little secret buried in there. That's why it was sealed and we couldn't understand it. The tree of knowledge exists today in the form of the cloud, mainframe computers that completely contain all the knowledge of all mankind located in one place a pretty scary uh possibility but it goes to show that things are happening right now because of this technology that could never have happened before and that's what really started me on the path to putting bible prophecy on trial because it by the way it's not to disprove it or you know as if i'm sitting there saying it it didn't really happen It's to absolutely prove that it has happened. And that's the evidence that uh, I present in this trial. And uh, the people who join with me actually join as jurors. And so they sit with their phone and their computer and a little ironic that I'm doing it through phones and computers when this is what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, But they, they get verdicts or they get questions presented to them for them to cast their verdict of whether they agree or disagree with each piece of evidence as we go along. So it makes it kind of interactive. And that's important to me because as a guy who made movies, nobody has any input into what I say when I'm writing a movie or producing a movie. When I'm writing a book, it's me sitting in my study by myself, writing or, you know, doing my research. But I wanted it to be interactive because we've all sat in churches and in prophecy conferences and all the things that are of great interest to us and our pastors will speak about the end times and we write notes and we think oh you know i'm going to go study these later and you know sometimes you don't Um, and so what i wanted to do was to put people on the spot and hopefully get them on the edge of their seat so that they're making their own decision they're not just listening to me regurgitating what i think because that doesn't matter what matters is what they think at the end of the day And I'm hoping that if people come out of this trial, which is 10 hearings a year adding up to the full trial, um, people will come out having thought through these things and made their own decisions. And then it's important what they believe, not what I believe. And hopefully we will. have some enthusiasm going on out there for what's happening in our days. And that was a long winded answer to a very short question.
1: (laughs) No, I appreciate it so much because talking about the cloud, does that kind of align with the great commentary right now on what AI is going to do these chat boxes? We don't know what to believe with social media, you know, Yes, there's more information, but a lot of it is false and it's being fed to us. That feels like it's being done by the enemy.
0: Well, it certainly could be. Any technology can be used either way. Um, But I think in this instance, what the door is wide open to is deception. If you think you're playing with some machine, a chat bot out there or whatever it is, You could be playing with somebody you don't even have any idea who you're playing with. And there are greater intelligences out there. We already know that AI is way smarter than us. It's way faster in thinking about us. It can make a trillion calculations a second. Uh, how How do you have a 16 year old girl having a chat with her computer and that's who she's dealing with on the other end? It's opening the door to tremendous deception. And that's my concern is, Some of it may just be technology, but there's no way for us to know the difference. And I think it's an open door. The the main thing I think about, and that really got me wanting to do this project, was thinking about deception, delusion in the last days. Um, That's what the Bible speaks of, a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And as you think about those things and you realize the cloud up there and by the way they call it a cloud there's no cloud nothing sitting up there in the Charmin cloud up floating around (laughs) nice and fluffily in the sky these are mainframe computers that blanket our world today they're within a mile of me and i bet you within a mile of you they're giant warehouses they're Mm -hmm. on every continent they're under the ocean they're in the space that's how they're able to do what they're doing and but of course you bring in the marketing guys and they say oh you know what let's call it the cloud it sounds so nice and pure and beautiful and all of that it's not it's a trillion dollar business and um i don't think we can deny that it is a major influence in our world today if not the major influence but certainly one of them so when Daniel daniel spoke about knowledge being increased he seemed to have hit the nail right on the head in a way that we could never have understood before this existed. And to me, that's just fascinating.
2: Well, and, and trying to understand whether you're reading it straight from the Bible and trying to translate or you try to read some of the encrypted stuff that's online and then other people's opinions like your own, I feel like there it's not a 50-50 ratio of understanding to trusting God. I feel like that it should be like 99% trusting God and 1% understanding, because I know for me, even after 40 plus years of faith, there's still things about the Bible that I've read over and over and over, and I still don't understand them, but I trust that it's true. And I feel like that's the part when we, like, I'm all about, you know, know how to defend your faith and know what is coming so you can explain it well to someone else but again, we get so caught up in the, well, I got to understand what God's doing here. No, you don't. You just have to trust that what he says he's going to do, he does.
0: I think it's a balance. I think you're exactly right. Um, The first thing I would note is while we talk about the tree of knowledge, right next door was the tree of life. And we should be putting a lot more attention on that than on the other one that's just nothing but a world of trouble since the very day that the serpent pulled up his little, uh, deceptive lie to Eve, if we can. Um, Mm -hmm. It it has never changed, and that has never changed. This is not complicated. The one thing about Lucifer that you can say is he's consistent. He fell from heaven because he said, I want to be like God. He went down into the Garden of Eden. He told Adam and Eve, you can be as God, you shall not surely die. It was the inspiration at the Tower of Babel. It's never changed. So we don't, it's not that complicated to follow along. We know what the delusion is going to be in the last days or at least where it's going to lead to. And you see that happening with transhumanism and all of those things taking place. But I would agree with you that for some people, Bible prophecy becomes almost a fetish. It's let's talk about heads, horns and beasts all night long till four o'clock in the morning and try (laughs) to dissect this and that. That's not what it's about. What it's about is when you see these things, and I think we should be watching and seeing these things, then look up, lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. And I think we stand right at the door to that, just as those great apostles did too. So I might not be exactly right.
1: Well, I, I think the Lord allows us, yes, to trust him, but to use our head. And I'm fascinated by studying these certain things and, and what they may mean. And I think we need to have more conversation about the end times. We need to be prepared, don't we?
0: Well, we do. I mean, I remember back again in the late 90s, I'll refer to, um, we were still producing our program This Week in Bible Prophecy on TBN. We were in the midst of producing eight feature films in a row on the end times. We were producing the movies based on the most popular book series in the history of publishing with the Left Behind Books. It was just a few years before the turn of the millennium. It was Y2K. It was like hotcakes trying to get your stuff ready to get it out to the people who wanted all this information. The excitement was just at fever pitch. We were just going as fast as we could. It's not that way today. Hardly anyone is looking anymore, and that makes it difficult, but it also means it's prophesied. Jesus said, in such an hour as you think not, I'll come back. So back then, everybody thought he was coming, but now nobody thinks he is coming. So I think it's uh, important to pay attention. Jesus said, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. And I think he commands us to watch these things. But... Uh, as ace is saying there's a balance we have to keep the balance much more to the scale of living in faith because we can know all of this stuff but the scripture says that the delusion that's coming if it were possible would deceive even the very elect you're only going to not be deceived by how close you walk to the lord and it you can have the third horn from the left beast to the, whatever it is figured out, it's not going to do you anything when you stand up against that. And there was something that A.W. Tozer said, I I haven't read a great deal of his stuff, but one thing just jumped out at me. He said, when you pray, the devil doesn't care. He doesn't care about Christians praying, cry, do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. What he fears is the presence of the Lord when you are praying. And that just struck me as exactly what we're talking about here, that we have to walk in that way. And um, I think it's possible. I think we can do it in a way that, some of these things are frightening, they're scary, they're overwhelming, but at the same time, we can walk in peace because it was prophesied. The prophecies are remarkable. This isn't some cunningly devised fables. This is the real deal that's been laid out for us. God said in Isaiah 46, I'll tell you the story from the beginning to the end, and from the ancient times to things that are not done yet, and only I can do it because I'm only the only God. Mm-hmm. So basically, he first of all started out by saying, I'm going to diss every other leader of these religions in the world right now and every other God out there, because if they say they're gods, why can't they tell the future? Only I can do it. And I think that's the great comfort to Christians of no matter what you're seeing around you, nothing's taking him by surprise.
1: Well, I think it's fascinating that it's another indication that we're in end times because we're not paying much attention to it. Like we used to, that is just another to me indication. And it's fascinating. Something I have never thought about Peter Lalonde, I knew this would be incredible, this experience with you, and, and it truly has been. Thank you for enlightening so many things for us. It's been amazing. We so appreciate you. If people want to connect with you, how can they best do that?
0: BibleProphecyOnTrial.com and also on Facebook, Bible Prophecy On Trial. I hang out there quite a bit, too. So um, I, I encourage people to just give it a little peek and see how much you'd like to be a juror. It's pretty interesting (laughs) to decide if I'm just feeding you a line or if I'm telling the truth.
2: (laughs) So great. Peter, it's a great conversation, man. We look forward to having you back when we can't make sense of it all. You can help us to break it down. All right. Thank you.
1: Oh, there's so much to talk about this week. How health guru, Ben Greenfield reversed his biological age by 17 years. The dude is ripped. He is very little fat on the bod. Yeah. But I was like, ooh, I'm taking notes. How did you do it? You and I exercise. You and I watch what we eat. Right. I wish I didn't love eating so much.
2: But you know, the thing that I have found is I feel like I'm at that place now where I, I need to do like one of those your body type test. Because I feel like the things that I used to do to either lose or, or get back in shape or whatever I'm trying to do. I need to be in that frame of mind and, and have an expert go, well, you need now gluten is your problem or now sweets is your problem, you know?
1: But do you want to know his formula to get rid of excess fat that leads to inflammation? Here it is. The technique by Ben, drink a cup of black coffee in a fasted state, wait 10 to 15 minutes, then do 20 to 25 minutes of easy aerobic exercise like brisk walking or are you i think you do yoga when i did yoga i got stuck and was screaming please help me but
2: i did tai chi mine was a little bit different but yeah it bended me in places i didn't know could bend it's okay
1: (laughs) i just remember my office once i was before we went on the air something happened in the yoga position i was like i don't want to have to call ace and say i'm stuck (laughs) <laughs> all ambulance.
2: it's the i've fallen and i can't get up moment yes, that we all but, eventually have
1: so after he's done with this walking or yoga he finishes it off with a two to five minute cold shower which won't happen so i guess i'm not gonna i'll walk around with my fat you these people that and there's all this evidence why this works the whole cold thing your head mm-hmm. needs to be cold And it's a signal to drop the fat for the rest of your body. No, thank you. I don't. A cold shower? No.
2: No, I'm not into that. Where are you at that? I will will do my best to stay fit, but I don't know that I could do more or less than I'm already doing. So it's either going to come off at this point or stay off. (laughs) It is what it is, but thanks for hanging out with us this week. It's always a blast, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next Friday, Roxanne. I love you.
1: I love you, too. Thank you for a wonderful time, as always. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneandAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.